Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Why, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. This episode is brought to you by No OCD, a free app that helps you do and track exposure exercises with your child at home. I love this app. I use it in my practice. It helps me monitor kids and track their OCD progress. And you can do that as well. You can download it for free. I'll leave a link in the show notes. So today we are going to talk about child OCD and how it's way beyond germs and orderliness. And I want to go into the eight most common OCD themes and what they look like in kids. This is especially important because even if your child has OCD already and you're like, Natasha, I know it's beyond that. Most parents don't know all of the different themes. And when a new theme pops up, you want to be super proactive and you want to jump on it and you want to start doing treatment on that new theme and you want to bring it to everyone's awareness because when OCD is covert, that's when it has the most power. Now, if your child just has anxiety and you're like, oh, Natasha, this episode's totally not for me, but whatever, I'll just skip it and go to the next one. Maybe you shouldn't because if your child has anxiety, unfortunately, they're much more likely to get OCD. Hopefully not, but wouldn't it be great if you already knew all the things to look for because OCD is so often missed. I see so many kids in my practice that come in for anxiety or poor behavior, like we talked about a couple of episodes ago when we talked about meltdowns and anger and how that's tied to anxiety, lots of kids come in for negative behavior or anxiety, and they wind up having OCD or OCD as well. And parents just completely miss it because it looks weird. It doesn't look like what I think most of us have in our mind of what OCD should look like. So let me help demystify it today and we'll get into it. Now, before I get into it any further, I do need to say that this is not meant to be medical advice. I feel like I always have to say that, but obviously get an assessment by a local mental health professional who specializes in OCD. This is not what this is for. This is just for your information. And I think that's obvious, but I feel like I should always say that. So there it is. Now, a lot of times when I think a child has OCD, the parent will say to me, oh, Natasha, she doesn't have OCD. You should see her room or she has the worst hygiene I have ever seen. There's no way she has OCD. And that's just a parent who doesn't get OCD because OCD is not about germs or orderliness. Yeah. Those are included in two of the themes I'm going to talk about, but there are so many other different things that people can have that are still OCD. So OCD is really just to put it very simply an obsessive thought something that's really upsetting, and then a compulsive behavior. So it could be anything that's unsettling. And most of the time it is a doubt. It is what if this happens or what if that happens? It's very much like anxiety, but the OCD component is the compulsion. So now I need to do something in order to address that obsessive feeling or thought that I'm having. And so I'm going to do a behavior or an action, whether it's mental or physical. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. So if your child's room is a mess or they're not orderly or they're not clean, that doesn't mean a thing except that you have a disgusting kid. 
<laughs> so sorry about that, but you and everybody else has a gross kid. It doesn't mean that they're excluded from the club of OCD. Now, unfortunately, the same part of the brain that impacts OCD also is the same part of the brain that's been implicated in anxiety and Tourette's and tics and picking and pulling behavior. So they're all interrelated. So if you have a child who has anxiety, they're more at risk for those other things. Or if you have a child that has Tourette's, they're more at risk for those other things. You know, they're, they're interrelated, but it doesn't mean that, you know, okay, my child has anxiety. So now they're definitely going to have OCD or they're definitely going to have tics. No, but it's important to know that yes, if my child has one of those, then they are slightly more at risk for the other things. And so I should be educated on what those things are and what to look for. So I'm going to go over the most common eight OCD themes, and I'm going to go over them quite broadly because if I go into detail, I mean, each one could be an episode for sure. And so if your child has one of these OCD themes and you do want me to do an episode completely on that particular theme, shoot me an email and let me know. You can visit my website, anxioustoddlers.com and hit contact, or you can join my private Facebook group called AT Parenting Kids with Anxiety and OCD. You can either search that in Facebook. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can go to my website. And at the very bottom, there's a button that you can click and you can join that. And that way you can start a thread and talk about whether you want me to do an episode on a particular OCD theme, because I'm more than happy to dive a little bit deeper, but I just want to make sure that somebody wants to actually hear about the things that I'm talking about. So but let's talk about some of these themes in a general sense. So the first OCD theme I want to talk about is contamination. Probably the theme that a lot of people relate to when they think of OCD. So we'll start with that, but it can get really big. So all of these themes can take it's their own unique spin, depending on your child. But in contamination, there is a general fear that someone is going to be contaminated or they're going to contaminate somebody else. And, and, or there is a feeling of disgust around something. So each of these themes can be really broad and contamination fears can be anything. So the media will have us believe that it's just germ related or viruses, but it can literally be anything, a fear of something sticky. It could be a fear of bodily fluid, like sweat, semen, teardrops, mucus, saliva, or like pee or poop. It could be a fear of chemicals or dead animals or bird poop or glitter or household cleaners. It could be a fear of being contaminated due to bad luck or bad numbers or by hearing names of diseases or by seeing someone with an undesirable trait or a per- perceived undesirable trait. Like if I see somebody who's overweight, then I'm going to be overweight. So I'm getting contaminated by visually seeing them. So you can see that it gets very broad. And some examples of compulsions that are around contamination could be anything from the obvious stereotypical hand-washing and showering to like changing your clothes all over again, uh, avoiding people because you feel like you're going to be contaminated by them or avoiding hearing or saying certain words because you think if I hear this word, then it's going to contaminate me. So it's way beyond germs, as you can see. And a lot of times kids will ask for reassurance, you know, is this safe or is this clean 
or they might tell their parent, you know, you're not allowed to say the word die or death or nine or whatever it is for them. I mean, every child has their unique spin, but that in general is what the contamination theme looks like. And a lot of times kids will avoid certain areas of their house because they feel like they're contaminated. So if you're seeing your child, like not go into certain rooms or not be able to touch like the TV remote and they're asking you, can you hand me the TV remote? Can you turn the channel? Pay attention to those kind of things because people who have a contamination theme will tend to avoid stuff. You know, they might avoid certain outfits. They might avoid certain objects. They might avoid certain people. Um, There's a lot of avoiding that goes along with contamination OCD. So on to the next one. I'm just going to go through them today. This is a very, you know, educational episode, just so that you have all this information in case you need it. Hopefully you won't. So the second theme that I want to talk about that is also very common is harm OCD. So this is an obsessive thought where the child is fearing they're going to either harm themselves or they're going to hurt those around them. And this can be really disturbing for parents because a lot of times kids will confess to their parents, I'm having a feeling like I want to kill myself or I'm having a feeling like I want to kill you. And parents don't know what to do with that because they're like, oh my gosh, do we need to get you like into the psych hospital? Like, why do you want to kill me? Or why do you want to kill yourself? Now, caveat to this, I don't know if caveat is the right word, but disclaimer, I don't know. Don't chalk something up to OCD without getting professional help. If your child's saying they want to kill themselves, I don't want you to be like, well, Natasha on her podcast said that's harm OCD. So we're good. It's just OCD. No, please go seek a professional and have your child assessed. But I'm telling you that there is a type of OCD that will make your kids say this. And and the way that I differentiate in my practice is one, they have a lot of other OCD symptoms, but two, the person that I'm talking to, like the child is really upset by having these thoughts. And so they'll say to me, Natasha, I don't know why I want to kill myself. And I'm really scared because I don't want to die. And they'll get really emotional about it. And they'll say, but what if I do, what if I accidentally, you know, do this? Or what if I accidentally do that? And they'll have these intrusive thoughts in their head about killing themselves, but they have no intention. They have no suicidal ideation. They don't want to die. They're just afraid that what if it does happen? And that that's how I differentiate, or they're going to want to hurt you or somebody they, they love. And sometimes moms will be like, why, why does he want to hurt me? You know, I thought we have a great relationship. And, you know, ironically it's OCD takes the most taboo thought. So it's going to say, you love your mom the most. So I'm going to tell you that you want to kill your mom. OCD is a very cruel, cruel, insidious disorder. And OCD is privy to everything that you have in your head. So it knows who you love and it knows what thoughts are taboo to you. So it's going to take the people that you care about the most and tell you that you want to hurt them. So it's in a really weird way, a compliment, (laughs) how to spin something completely horrific and make it positive. Your child must really love you. If their OCD is saying they want to hurt you, I'm making a joke, but I understand that it's very overwhelming. So if your child is saying they want to hurt you or they're worried they're going to take the knife as they're chopping up tomatoes for the salad and they say, I'm, I'm kind of afraid I'm going to stab you right now, that is what that OCD looks like. 
And so some of the compulsions related to that are confessing. A lot of the kids I work with will do a lot of confessing. So they'll confess to their parents, you know, I think I'm suicidal. I don't want to be, but I think I am. Or I think I'm a bad person. I think I want to hurt you. And they're looking for the reassurance for you to say, that's a normal thought. We all have it. Or you're not a bad person. That's just a bad thought. And there's a lot of other things they'll do outside of just confessing to you. They, I mean, there's so many things, so it could really be anything, but they might do a lot of repetitive checking, you know, unplugging and plugging and turning things off and checking logs or not having things touched too closely, or they might, um, avoid things. They might avoid sharp objects or certain areas, or they might have magical thinking. You know, if I tap twice over here and I tap three times over here, then I'm not going to hurt anybody or I won't hurt myself. So that gives you kind of an idea of harm OCD. So on to the third one, the third one, I think most people know, and so I will just kind of touch on it is symmetry OCD. And so this is the need to have things arranged in a symmetrical order or for things to be balanced, including one's body. And so sometimes this looks like tapping. So a child, if they get hit on one side of their body, they have to even it out and hit on the other side, or they might avoid odd numbers. They might have to line things up so that visually it looks okay. They might have to fix things. Um, some of these kids have a really hard time with homework because they have to like keep rewriting their homework because they want their handwriting to be perfect within the lines. So it could, it could impact kids' lives in a whole bunch of different ways. But the basic thing is the need for symmetry and balance. Okay. On to the next one. So some of these maybe already you're like, huh, I didn't know all of these things were OCD. So the next OCD theme is just right OCD. And this one's kind of confusing because really the obsession is just feeling unsettled and feeling like they need to repeat actions over and over until it feels just right. So there's like a feeling of incompleteness. So it's different because it's really not purely anxiety based, but it's rather like an unsettled, uncomfortable feeling. And so kids with this type of OCD will often do a lot of repetitive behaviors. They'll repeat things over and over. They might excessively wash their hands, but not because of germs, but because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel clean. Like their brain is not letting them know that their hands are clean or that their teeth are clean or that their words are okay. And so they can just leave them. They don't have to rewrite them over and over, or they don't have to replay things over and over in their head because it's fine the first time. And so a lot of times these kids will take a long time to do things because they have to keep doing them over and over until it feels just right. So if you see your kids repeating things, you know, pay attention because that might be just right OCD. Up next, I'm going to be talking about four more OCD themes, and these are a lot less common. And so you want to stick around and hear what those are. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. So the next one I want to talk about is scrupulosity or moral OCD. 
And I see this a lot in my practice. And I think it's one of the most missed types of OCD because it's bizarre and it's upsetting to the parent. So in scrupulosity OCD, the child will have a fear that they did or thought something that was against their religious or their moral beliefs. So if it's a religious scrupulosity, they have like a religious background. And so it's kind of interwoven into whatever religion the child has. And if it's moral scrupulosity, it just focuses on the fear that they're doing something unethical. It's the same thing. It just takes a different angle depending on the child's religion and just their culture and their home life. But the general gist of it is the same, that they're doing something against their moral code. And unfortunately, their OCD has access to everything that they think is taboo. So their OCD is going to come up with the most disturbing thing. And they're going to think that they are thinking that or that they're doing that. And so what you'll see as a parent is that your child will confess a lot of behaviors that they're not doing. And a lot of times when parents don't realize their child has OCD, or they don't even realize that this is a type of OCD, they'll be really upset by their kids because I'll give you an example. Like a child will say, you know, mom, I was just thinking that you were fat and I'm so sorry. I know that was a really bad thought, but I was having that thought, or I was just thinking that I hate you or, and they get a lot more disturbing than that. I'm starting off slow and I'll build up to the really disturbing ones, but they might say, you know, I was having a thought that I'm a pedophile. Now that is more common with kids that are like older, like teens and definitely adulthood. I mean, there's actually something called pedophile OCD, believe it or not, where you, I mean, you take the most taboo thing. So that makes sense. Kids will tell me, I don't, I've worked with a few kids who have had pedophile OCD, but they're older because little kids obviously don't know what that even is, but they'll say like the older kids will say to me, um, you know, Natasha, I can't babysit because I can't be around kids. I'm not safe because I think I'm sexually attracted to them and they have a history of OCD and they don't have anything else in their history and they have moral OCD. You know, that's just one of those common themes, but more often I'll see kids say, I think my mom is sexy. You know, sometimes boys will tell me this or they'll, they'll confess it to their parent. You know, I was just looking at your boobs and the parent will be like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) they'll come in and they'll be like, I don't know, Natasha. Like he's telling me he's looking at my boobs or my butt. Like that's not normal, but he has moral OCD. And so in the realm of moral OCD, yeah, that is normal because they confess really disturbing thoughts. So that's good for you to know as a parent, because The confession is a big part of the compulsion with that type of OCD. Moving on. The next one are intrusive thoughts. And that's an OCD theme that often gets confused with just pure anxiety, but it's different because it's not just what if, what if they're, they're intrusive thoughts that stick and are replayed over and over and over again. And the child cannot get them out of their head. So like my son has intrusive thoughts. And so he'll go to bed and he'll have an image in his head that will play over and over and he can't get it out. And it's different than him ruminating. Like I'm worried about tomorrow or I'm worried about, I don't know what else he'd be worried about. He's worried about everything, but you know, an actual thought, he will have an intrusive thought. Well, he'll 
just be like, I have this image of this cartoon in my head and I can't get it out of my head. And it's just playing over older kids will have intrusive thoughts where, you know, they fear like they're being racist when they're not, or they fear they're going to be a killer and they're not, or they fear they're a different sexual orientation than they are, or they fear like they're going to kill themselves. I mean, intrusive thoughts can be really anything. They're just intrusive thoughts. They can't get rid of. And they're like, they're being overloaded by these images in their brain. And some compulsions that are related to intrusive thoughts are like mentally checking, you know, am I a killer? Do I do anything that would be like a killer? Am I a sociopath or am I racist? So they'll do like some mental comparing or as a child, they'll definitely seek reassurance from you. You know, do I seem like a racist mom or do I seem like, do I seem like I'm gay to you? And that is separate from someone really, truly exploring their sexual orientation. It is. Um, and, and so you have to be very careful with that one to make sure that you're not just chalking it up to OCD and not really addressing their issue. But, and I think that's what gets so confusing with a lot of this is especially when it's confessional OCD, where they're coming to you for reassurance, you want to go talk to a mental health professional and really solidify that it's an OCD thought and not something else that you probably need to help them with. That's the tricky thing, I think, with a lot of this. So there's two others that are more unusual that I think I just want to bring to your attention. So there's sensory motor OCD, which is an intense attention to bodily functions. So the child is really, really hyper-focused on their breathing or their swallowing or their heartbeat or their bladder. I actually have seen the bladder one the most in my office where the child has to go to the bathroom over and over again. And the parents will say, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he'll go to the bathroom like 20, 30 times in a school day and the school's getting frustrated. And the child will say to me, I just feel like, you know, maybe I have to go to the bathroom. I feel like maybe I have to pee. I feel the urge to pee. And they don't have like a UTI or a bladder infection, like nothing medical. You should always rule that out first, but they're just having an acute awareness of their bladder. And you can have kids who have an acute awareness of their eye contact or of their digestive system. I did have a girl a long, long time ago who was acutely aware of her digestion or her digestive system and it consumed her and she thought everybody could hear her stomach and she could, she couldn't really function because she was so aware of her digestion and she stopped eating. So sensory motor is a little less common. I don't see that that much in my practice, but it does exist. And because it exists, you should know about it. So the last one, and I'm sorry if I'm just going through these really quickly, but I, eight of them is a lot to go through in one episode. And I do just want you to have like a snapshot of all of these. And then maybe if you hear one where you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. I, you know, I think my child has that. You can go back and listen to this episode again, but the last one is, um, I haven't really seen this too much in my practice because I think it probably is missed until maybe adulthood, but olfactory reference syndrome is a type of OCD and the child has an intense and irrational fear that they smell. And so they're worried about odor, like their breath or under their arms or from their private parts or their feet even. And so they're just hyper-focused on this and they're obsessed and it's irrational. And so 
they do a lot of different things to avoid smelling. That's a, that's an odd one. And I haven't seen that too much in my practice, but I, like I said, again, I feel like a lot of these are there, but they're not being detected by parents and kids feel weird. And so they don't tell anybody and you can see why they would feel that way because a lot of these are embarrassing. And that's partly why I think a lot of kids feel like they're going crazy or they feel alone when they have OCD because they have some of these things that we talked about and they don't know that there's a name for it. And they don't know that other people have this. And once it's normalized and you can show the person, Hey, this is a thing. This happens. They feel so much better. There's so much relief there and the shame is lifted. So I hope you found this helpful and not too boring. I don't know if this was boring or not, but maybe it was informative. I hope it was. I am working on my online class, which is going to be called Parenting Kids with OCD. And at first I was making this class so that it would just be for information for parents to know a little bit more about OCD and to support them while they're getting help with a therapist. But then I got so gung-ho that it's morphed into kind of a self-starter course where parents can watch this class and they can actually do a lot of therapeutic things for their children at home, which I'm excited about because there's a lot of kids that refuse to go to therapy. And there are a lot of parents who can't afford therapy. And that shouldn't be a reason why families can't tackle OCD at home. So now my online parenting course is going to be purely, well, it doesn't have to be purely, it's also going to supplement anyone who's in therapy for sure. And in fact, I'm going to give it to all the clients that I work with who have OCD so that their families can um, have this information. So it's great supplement for ongoing treatment, but it also will be really good for people who just can't get their kids treatment because I don't feel like tackling OCD is rocket science. And I feel like parents just need to be taught how to do this and they can do it at home. It's nice to get the support from a professional for sure, but that isn't always practical. And sometimes you just can't do it. It's also going to be really good for therapists. If someone's kind of new or they're new in the treatment of OCD, this will be really informative. Even though I'm talking like I'm talking to the parent, it will be really informative for professionals as well. So I'm busily working on that. And if you want to get on my list to get notified when that class comes out, I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can visit my website at anxioustoddlers.com. Or if you want to actually just see the course, you can go to anxioustoddlers.teachable.com. No www on that. I don't know why, but don't put the www or www <laughs> because you won't be able to get there. So no www, just anxioustoddlers.teachable.com. That is my uh, class website. And you can go there and check out all the classes. I only offer three and actually two are up. And the third one is what I'm talking about now. But normally when a class comes out, I offer 50% off just for the first two days. And so you want to get on the list. So I notify you and that way you can jump on it and get it half off when it's available because I'm super excited about it. I've been working on it for a really long time, and I think it's going to be really helpful to a lot of the families. So check that out. And I hope that you're enjoying my podcast. 
and I hope that you find the sparkle in every day. And until next Tuesday, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.